birds flying by You know how I feel Sun in the sky You know how I feel Reeds drifting on by You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life for me And I'm feeling good Good. Okay. A live podcast. Haven't done one of these in a while. This is Noah Dino Dad, whatever. We're having a Dino Dad chat here. And we have Andrew Smith, a Washingtonian. How are you doing? Doing well tonight, buddy. Yeah. Um, Excited to be here. (laughs) Excited to talk to you about this book and change uh, people's lives. Because that's why I wrote the book at the beginning. And um, hopefully I will get more letters from some people about how this book has changed their life and freed them as humans. Well, all that sounds really important, and I'm glad it's important to you. The name of your book is called The Adderall Empire. And you want to tell us a little bit about the book, the title, or what you think is important, or what, what made you interested in um, kind yeah. of, kind of so, writing a memoir. Yeah, it's called The Adderall Empire. Subtitle is A Life with ADHD and the Millennial's Drug of Choice. I started it in college as a project that my professor gave me, and I got carried away with it. And when he read it, he encouraged me to keep writing the story. And as I continued writing it, I realized it wasn't so much about me, it was more about informing parents about putting their kids on medication and to kind of use my life experience as their choice of whether or not to put them on medication at such a young age. And then I go into neuroplasticity, um, which essentially is... Uh, strengthening the neurons, which is what Adderall does, but Adderall, once it wears off, the neurons shrink. So with neuroplasticity, it makes it more permanent. And I was honored enough to have the experience of doing CogMed working memory training, which is neuroplasticity. I was one of the first 50 people in the world to try it uh, because it was very um, expensive and experimental at the time. And it was invented in Sweden by Torkel Klingberg. Um, And then slowly and slowly it became more popular. And then two Stanford kids created uh, Luminosity, which is probably the most famous one currently. And that is neuroplasticity as well. And then after that, there was a guy from Yale who created Endeavor RX. And it was recently um, temporarily approved by the FDA for cognitive brain fog. So now it's getting much in, uh, more ingrained in society as an acceptable treatment method as an alternative to taking stimulants such as Adderall, Ritalin, uh, Concerta, Vyvanse, and 
it's become more affordable and now insurances are paying for it and it's helping people live more fulfilling lives without the side effects of Adderall and that temporary fake focus is what I would explain it as. Yes, I'm glad you ended on that because that, that, I looked at your book tonight while exercising and actually when I exercise I have to be doing something else. I And I'm also a, a ther- therapist at a, at, a, at a place where their focus is ADHD. So this is really interesting to do. But yeah, you, you, you talked about the fake focus kind of extensively, I think, throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, because I just, every morning, my mom would have a couple pills there with my cereal. I'd take them, go throughout the day. Um, almost felt, not superhuman, but my attention span was much, much stronger. But then at the end of the day, I was back to where I was before. And as I continued doing that, after, let's see, I've been on it now 14 years, um, it reaches a point where it kind of plateaus Mm -hmm. and then goes down and it's not as effective unless you keep taking more and more. And so, um, that's why I keep on take, uh, taking breaks in during that 14 years and doing neuroplasticity. And that has given me the best months of my life and not fake focus. Whereas the Adderall would just give me a temporary fake focus fix yeah. and make me better for the teachers and better for my parents because yeah. I was more disciplined through this band-aid that they put on my mind it's kind of like performance enhancing drugs instead of working out steroids for the mind in some ways and and you know i you know i when i do evaluations of people they uh you know they often talk about you know their experiences on medication or they want to see if they can can live without it and and i and i've never taken stimulants uh, or maybe i have on accident i don't know i don't remember uh, remember taking them, or if I did, I don't remember anything happening. But people will describe, you know, that they do like the ability to focus, and some people say it really works because they need to keep their jobs and all these things. Because not everybody is doing cognitive or that neuroplasticity training, and I just listen to them, you know, you know, and 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 try to figure out ways for the people that I coach how to manage it without taking medication. And I don't know what it's like. I mean, have you ever done any of the, the have you ever done the work without medication, without CogMed and kind of what that experience is like? Have you done that? Do you know people who've done that? I personally don't know many people. The ADHD club in high school is very small. There's like four of us uh-huh. that were on the medicine. Mm. And that's the funny thing. When you have the medicine, everyone wants it from you. Mm. Um, yes. Because it makes the test easier for them, right? right. Everyone wants that shortcut. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Can you elaborate a little more? On that? Well, I was just curious because I when I you know when I do the work, I'm trying to figure out how I can and I. So when I started working, I didn't really know. I mean, I knew about ADHD and the behavioral issues and the inattentivity, and 
uh, I would just kind of listen to different clients that I worked with describe how they how they would get through their days without medication, and it seemed like they had to sometimes like alternate interesting activities uh, and kind of keep an activity on uh, that's interesting on the opposite side of a less interesting activity. Because I understand it as your brain will only stay interested in things that you want to do and cannot stay interested in things you don't want to do where that hyper focus and so forth comes up. So I, I'm just asking like, cause people who don't have access to CogMed, who don't want to take medication, do you have any thoughts on that at all? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess now I know what you're saying. There were times where I wasn't on Adderall or I had taken a break from the CogMed because with that, you got to do it for 25 sessions for uh, four weeks mm-hmm. and then three weeks later the effects start showing up mm-hmm. and so it's very much a dedication to apply yourself to allow that neuroplasticity to build up mm-hmm. um, and so at times I felt a little hopeless but the other methods that I would do is I became obsessed with running mm-hmm. I would just run until my feet were bleeding yeah. but I ran marathons and when you run marathons, you got to put Vaseline on your nipples yeah. and your feet because you you're mean, running so much. Yeah, you don't want to And that really helped calm me um, and helped me be sharper. Yeah. Um, running was probably the best outlet yeah. for me yeah. in exercise. Um, and I absolutely love steam rooms and saunas because it kind of just sweats everything out all these, you know, multiple thoughts that I'm having at a time and my attention span, I'll get, um, little doses of natural me, but better focus. So it's hard to create that constant focus throughout the day, but running and steam room and saunas allowed me to do that. But again, having HD, it's hard to develop that pattern because you're so distracted by everything else. You know, your friends, oh, I want to go do this. And I was like, well, I was going to go for a run, but yeah, well, I want to do that too. I want to do everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's more finding certain hobbies that you can somehow consistently do to distract your mind mm. and enjoy memories with other people. And it allows you to escape that, um, that that concentration issues. Yeah, there's there's oh, I'm just there's a lot that I'm trying to like even think about to, to that I want to ask you. So I, I guess I kind of want to understand more about what CogMed does if you can kind of summarize that, and then where I work, uh, uh, they don't think of ADHD as a deficit. And you know, honestly. I think that you have to call things a deficit and disorder, which further stigmatize it because you can't say, we've got this superpower because insurance doesn't pay for superpowers. <laughs> That's true. No. Um, but I would like to hear how you understand it in terms of, like, I, mean, I want to understand a little more about CogMed and kind of the exercises or what you were doing there yeah. and then how you, you, you kind of have used your ability to do things in a way that don't make you feel like you're faking it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, CogMed, it's, you do it 
try to do it the same time every day, five days a, a week for uh, yeah, 25 sessions. So you take the weekends off, it gives your brain a little break, and then once you're done with the sessions, then you have the three weeks and the back show up. But while you're on the screen, you have a little login, it shows up, um, there's numbers where you'll start at two or three numbers and you have to repeat them backwards. And then it will go up and up and up and up. Mm -hmm. And you can get up to like 16 numbers and you can say them all backwards. And then that's where it's, tr it's re-strengthening those uh, neurons and the neurotransmitters are all connecting together is where the concentration is. Yeah. And so with ADHD, we have a ton of neurons, but they're not all connected. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where Adderall kind of expands the neurons and connects them but then when the medicine wears off it's gone so if you can do the discipline of doing the cogmed um, then all those neurons will be stay attached together essentially like yeah. a gym for your mind yeah and you mentioned like lumosity and I've used that it's kind of fun I just never pay for it and then it gets boring and then you want right. to you know like okay I bet there's better games on here right and is Lumosity kind of like kind of a similar type thing that yeah because there's kind of a pro progression component um, one of my favorite ones was it's like a box on the screen and there's circles mm -hmm. and the circles will light up at like one dot two dot three dot mm -hmm. four dot five dot and then you have to memorize where those dots were yeah. exactly in that square and then as you progress you end up getting up to, I think the highest I ever got to was like 18 dots. And so you remember where all those dots were. And then you oh. do that over and over again. Each exercise is about, it goes up as you go through the 25 sessions. Because mm. you're obviously getting, your mind's getting, neurons are getting stronger yeah. and bigger. So Cogman starts out with about seven exercises. And then... As those extra set you better at those, then they add some more in, and then they mix them around mm -hmm. to kind of really, really strengthen those neural muscles. Um, well, I'm not sure if they're muscles, but they're more just chemicals in your brain. And there was also, um, yeah, there was two number ones, which are the most important exercise in there where you repeat them backwards. One, you could see the numbers. Two, mm -hmm. they would just say the audio of the number mm -hmm. and then you would have to repeat it back backwards. And I noticed once I finished the Cogman three weeks later, I like knew every password and wow. letters better. I was reading really fast mm -hmm. and it was amazing. And then in school I could like just read the book once and I knew it all. Not on meds. Not on meds. Yeah. Where before, I would like read and like, oh, distracted and then talk yeah. to someone, think of something funny. Yeah. You know? Your brain goes where it wants to go. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's just interesting kind of even, uh, there's a lot of things. Because when I hear people describe um, ADHD or like what they thought, they, like oh, just over the years, because like people who are maybe our parents' age, like it, it was just like... It's just the way your kid is. They're just a problem child. They they yeah. can't do anything. They're lazy. They 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 won't. They just are a mess. And and the the thing about the the hyper focus, 
that comes into play is that some people just figured like, well, I just can't do school, but they'd find the hyper-focus. Like I've met people who uh, like couldn't do anything, so all of a sudden became like uh, amazing golfers. Mm-hmm. I met a woman once who said that she, you know, and she was older than us, but she said that there's just like, they just thought she was lazy and all these things and, and a problem child and that, that they wanted, and it, it was a different decade. So they said, well, maybe she just needs to be in home ec. That's what girls should do. <laughs> and, 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 and I believe that what happened is that she found herself interested in golf and became very hyper-focused in golf. And still, she was, it sounded like she was dealing with a lot of sexism, mm-hmm. uh, where she uh, basically, she, she started, she was so focused on, on, on being better than the men that she ended up becoming all close to being an LPGA golf person. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was really hard. And then she even like lived her life fine. She got to a place where she just had a weird organizational system, and she said that she didn't like, she couldn't go from A to B, in the same way that most people do, but she would learn and almost memorize, interestingly enough, memorize the way that people went from A to B, but she just didn't do that. She would explain it to people because they would get frustrated when she would say, well, first I do this, then I clean up the, the garbage, and then I go here, and then I organize the papers, and then I go here. But if she said I would get it all done, but I just couldn't explain that to people. So it was like A, F, G, B, da, 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 until she could get it done. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that you're talking about all these patterns, because it's making me think about, like, if people can't have access to CogMed, which is it's a great resource, and I don't know how, how much it costs and all that, but other, like, just kind of memorizational games, like Simon. Mm-hmm. I had one called Max Backtalk, which was like the cheaper version of Simon. But there's all these little games, and and you know it when it's happening that you're able to get better. I, because I, I, I'll play Simon, I can only get up to a few eight, and then afterwards, you know, you're just like, okay, if I focus enough, but eventually I get bored and give up. Right. But it sounds like through Cognac, you might be able to be like the Simon Championships. Yeah. Yeah, that's really. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, you get. It strengthens those neurons to where you can just focus really in depth into different topics like you couldn't before. You would just lose interest, go to the next one, lose interest, go to the next one. And then with CogMed, you could go deep into it because with ADHD, your mind is so all over the place. But you can have it all over the place if you can have the concentration in each of those places. Like you said, golf, there's all these things. Yeah. And maybe it was more visual yeah. for her. Yeah. So she know, like, oh, it's wet. The grass is wet. So I know I have to club up to get it farther. And you realize all these little different Things small to pay details. attention to. Yeah. And you're able to pay attention all at once, which is probably why people think that ADHD is kind of like a superpower. But it also makes me think that, man, they should just integrate CogMed into, like, public schools. Like, Absolutely. Because, I mean, anybody could find good use out especially if they're kind of fun games like kids would look forward to doing this yeah. and their memory would get better overall and you know people might even not even get diagnosed with this if they just taught it anyhow yeah and that's kind of what endeavor rx2 they made it more of like a interactive video game yeah to keep the kids more interested yeah and to get a higher rate of people completing it and then getting more of the data proving that it actually works. Yeah. And allowing insurance to pay for it. And 
Well, I think even someone without ADHD would benefit from it. Oh, of course. I mean, your memory gets better when you do different things. X, Xbox needs to come out with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bet that kind of thing, it, it, this will eventually pick up. But you said it's in Washington, right? Is there like a clinic that does yeah, it? Yeah, so there's practitioners. Oh. And they have to get certified through CompMed, which is an educational company. I believe it was owned by Pearson when I started it. I'm not sure if Pearson still owns it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's like three or four practitioners in the state of Washington. Um, and they get a license to prescribe it to people. But it's but what the insurances wouldn't accept it. So you had to do private pay. So when I first did it, it was like $5,000 oh. to do this thing. And I'm so glad I did it because I felt the effects. I followed the rules of the thing my parents, you know, had time set up in the day. They'd leave me alone because it's really good to do it in a quiet space mm-hmm. so that you can really relax and get deeper into the exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lumosity came out and that, you know, was like 75 bucks a year. Um, and they weren't really controlling the people that were doing it yeah, with a coach. Yeah. When you have a coach with you who checks on you every week and then show, like, looks at the data, because there's all these analytics behind the scenes of how you're doing. Yeah. And I think I started at a... Um, I don't quite remember what the name of the baseline code is, but I was at like a 79. Mm-hmm. And that's like really bad ADHD. Yeah. And I went all the way up to like a 130. And so that that essentially, some people believe that you can't um, improve your IQ, but you absolutely can. Yeah. And these neuroplasticity methods are the ones that allow you to do that. And if more people get access to this, that would make me so happy. And that's why I wrote the book. Right. So people could learn about it rather than taking the shortcut and cheaper method of medicine. Wow. That's cool. And uh, the fact that I got a few letters of people that wrote to me, they made me, they made me cry, man. Yeah. yeah. I was so, I was so happy yeah. that they, they did that. And they said, I, I did the Cogman uh, life's amazing. Like I'm doing everything, you know, mm-hmm. my whole life people said, Oh, he's, you know, a troublemaker. He's this, because there's all these labels that people have to put words for, um, describing certain situations. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, essentially therapy of neuroplasticity allows the labels to become more socially acceptable and feeling better as a person. And it right. makes your teachers happier, parents happier, you happier. Most importantly, you happier. Right. And your relationships are easier. Yeah. It just makes life easier. easier. Yeah. And you don't have to feel like you're a slave to this, this drug. Yeah. I, and, and I'm not saying here that you shouldn't take the medication because that's sometimes what you have. Right. And people do find that effective. But sometimes if you have an alternative way to deal with it and you, I know you're, I know you feel fortunate that you had this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one thing that where I work that I really appreciate is that, you know, they made, they made the connection. I will say it, Dr. Ned Hollowell, he made the connection about uh, the association of depression and anxiety 
that that it because it gets misdiagnosed mm-hmm. because uh, obviously if you're not doing as well as you could, you get these other reinforces, and we both know that the world projects things at you that make you feel good about yourself, and and um, you know I I I'm extrapolating this from you, but it sounds like you experience some of that along the way. And yes. I think you talk about that in your book. I do, yeah. And I have nothing against the medicine. I mean, it helped me graduate college, get into law school, do all of these things that my friends were like, I can't believe you did that, like the way you were as a kid. Like going streaking in high school. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> we're, we're getting to the to the, the more humorous stuff. Yeah, and I would just found myself in all these funny situations. Um... And, yes, yeah, so I felt like I was labeled as a troublemaker. and mm-hmm. But I was really just trying to have fun and make people laugh. And um, I thought all these ideas were good. And this, like, Adderall will help slow those wild experiences that you have. Neuroplasticity will do that. Yeah. And um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Right. I just, it's a newer concept that I really think people should at least try. Yeah. And now that Endeavor RX is FDA approved and insurances are paying for it, yeah. it's going to take off. I'm saying yeah. maybe in five years, people are going to be loving yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stigma anyway around meds and even like guilt. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I take, I'm, I'm taking medication for bipolar disorder and, you know, I, I'm, I, it seems like it's working. Um, but you know, there's still this feeling like, like, what's it doing? Like, how's it really affecting me? Am I me? I feel like I'm me. I mean, I know I'm me. Am I me? <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so yeah, the funny, one of the, my high school highlights, I made tons of friends, um, was I went to Burger King, um, got a burger, I, I had the paper bag, I didn't have much money as a kid, obviously. Um, besides my allowance, mm-hmm. and cut two eye holes out of the bag, <laughs> popped it over my head, found a spot where I could sneak on the football stadium, and it was a 4A school, so, and it was, uh, both teams were undefeated, <laughs> and oh. I just got butt naked, and put the bag over my head, and just ran, and I was, I was sober, young kid, just sober, running across the field. <laughs> no idea what I was doing. I mean, like, all the stands were blurry, like, and I did it right after the cheerleaders did their little dance, and then I did my dance. It, 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 <laughs> that's right. it makes you wonder about people who do that at professional football games. Yeah. Maybe they just have not had neuroplasticity training, yeah. and maybe if they did, they would pick a more appropriate time. To, they would just know the right time to do it. Yeah. They'd be able to see all the possibilities. I still want to streak. Yeah. I just want to streak. Maybe with my boxers on. Maybe with my boxers on. Yeah. Or maybe wearing boxers that look like they're naked. They could just wear an outfit yeah. that looks as if they're naked. They'll just yeah. think it through a little bit more yeah. uh, as well. And, and, oh man, I just totally forgot my thought. But I was thinking, I was just thinking about when I was a, a, a teenager too. But I remember I, I, I would get bored at these like whatever local band shows and and my logic was that like people are not enjoying themselves and it looks boring with people standing at a con like a <laughs> local band show which says high schoolers so i would uh i would like take my shirt off and like i yeah. don't know gyrate my hips on a pole 
on top of the ceiling. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, now I'm getting attention and maybe people will 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 see the the genius in my humor and maybe one of these girls will like me. It, <laughs> and it makes the show better. It, it, yeah, well, it was memorable, but they never liked me. And then at my high school graduation, there was a uh, somebody was having a party at their house, like their beer and alcohol. And the parents were like, "Just make sure that you drink it here." And I wish I had done this, but I except I had the ability to refrain from it. I said, "Hey, everybody." I'm going to moon you. <laughs> and my friends remember, remember this. They were all waiting. They're like, no one's going to do it. No one's gonna. But instead, I just lifted up my shirt. And then I was like, I, I'm too, I, I don't want my graduate 1999. So I don't think anybody remembers that except for the fact that I saw beer and then I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I did. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's streaking stories in your book. And there's other things. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. I, got, I got banned from all sporting events for the rest of the year. Banned from school dances. Mm-hmm. And my friends would put it in your book about the, the, there was one guy in the stand that goes, there he is. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it was the streaking. And then that's when I got introduced to the CogMed. But those wild experiences still happened. I mean, I, I wildly went and lived in a house in college with three girls. Who would do that? <laughs> I mean, obviously it's awesome looking at girls all the time, but. Girls gossip a lot, <laughs> and their hair gets stuck in the drain. But you're, you're just you're just like their roommate. Yeah, you're I like wanted to learn how they live life. Do you want to hear? So here's a funny story. When I was unemployed, living in Chicago, uh, and this was I don't know, I don't know, it's 2022, so this was like 2007. I uh, I just couldn't find a job. I wanted a job that created meaning, but I could never find it. I did end up working for Washington Mutual at the time, WAMU, mm-hmm. which didn't make do me any favors for feeling interested in my work. But I would sit and watch America's Next Top Model. I love that show. Yeah. I, and I would say, like, <laughs> it would be interesting if they... And I think I even emailed them. I may have an email here, but I think I emailed them and said, it'd be hilarious if they all walk into the house and there's just, like, some guy... On the couch. He's just there. <laughs> and I'm not there to, like, hook up with them. I'm just, like, the guy on the couch. And they just, like, are doing the show. And the show goes on as normal. But every now and again, you just see, like, this guy walking through eating chips. And they're like, oh, Noah. <laughs> there and then, it is. <laughs> and then, like, I have to, like, have good boundaries with them. They'll, they'll, like, come up and talk to me. And I'll be like, hey, look. Look, I have a contract. I can't. This can't go any farther. I'm just a guy who lives here. And there's nothing interesting about me except I'm a dude and I wear a robe and um, I'm kind of annoying. So that's it. Yeah. That was my idea for a job. I wrote them. No, they never wrote me back. Yeah. But the first season of America's Next Top Model is the best. All right. yeah, I'll but, check that one. <laughs> we'll have, to, we'll have yeah. to rewatch that one. Yeah. And then another wild thing I did once was I would match girls on Tinder at the time. It kind of came out of my beginning of my college career. And then I went to Bumble and Hinge and I was all these other ones. But... I met this girl at a nice restaurant and I showed up in an elf costume. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I got my, uh, got my Halloween costume. I think I'll just wear it and see how she reacts. You know? And so I, it's just kind of like you get this exciting feeling. She's kind of like, oh, this is odd. <laughs> and so that's what's, that's what's the, the genius part of ADHD. You do something really unique things and people, you make them laugh. Yeah. And and that's something a date that girl will never forget. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was the logic behind dressing up as an elf? I 
didn't think through it. I was just like, man, if I wear elf costume, she's going to remember me. Well, and if she can put up with me for a first date on an elf costume, she can probably put up with me the rest of my life. See, that's the logic. <laughs> and, and, and I imagine that you ended up in a very serious relationship with her. <laughs> and she was very interested in elves. Or now she's... <laughs> Still talking, tra- traumatized yeah. by it, and is just talking to her about her fear of elves. Yeah. And they desensitize her by uh, showing her Keebler elf commercials and feeding her Keebler yeah. elves. And, and she's like, oh, I can't get this guy Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, I want to say this one last thing. So, uh, Ned Hollowell, he, in, in, he describes it very strengths based. He actually, from what I. Again, read from his book, uh, he, he, he would prefer referring to ADHD as something more positive. And I don't think this is his term. And I'm, oh, I'm getting the letter S wrong, but he calls it VAST. Mm-hmm. And that's not his term, but he, he kind of adopted it. And it stands for Variable Attention Selective Trait, I think. Because mm-hmm. it's just playing on that. Your attention goes where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. He said it would, he wants that to take off. But that's just, you know, I, again, I think that, that it... It, it, it seems like a strength. And, and before I even worked in this center and I worked at the hospital um, and I started kind of understanding a little bit better, I would say, you know, there's an evolutionary reason that ADHD exists. And, you know, I could see like just hunters and gatherers or, or kind of folks in a more indigenous society that lived off their land that, you know, you had their people that could just kind of do the day-to-day tasks easily. But then you had these people out there that could sense things were on edge and and vigilant and you wanted those folks because you wanted the person to be like the storm's coming we gotta move yeah lion's coming we gotta move bigfoot's coming we gotta move uh big bubba we just want to get away from him because he stinks yeah you know fireplace is almost right yeah exactly (laughs) and and i you know and with that and that in in a lot of ways i think that about that anxiety i've compared anxiety to to the force Mm -hmm. like if you pay attention to it like with anything then you can decide do I want to use this for something good or do I want to go to the dark side a little bit, you know? And, 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 and that's why, you know, a lot of things can happen too with ADHD. Of course, you're feeling depressed and, and anxious and these things, so you're impulsive and you do things that naturally are kind of to numb that. I think you talk about that too in, in your book. Yeah, it numbed me. Yeah. And it numbed my personality. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I wanted to be me. Yeah. And I want to say one last thing. Lori Overland was my cognitive coach. She's one of the only persons in the world that has a PhD in ADHD. Yeah. So if you go find and read her dissertation on ADHD, yeah. she believed that she believes in God. I'm not going to say if I do or don't, yeah. but she said that there are certain people chosen that way. They can't help it. I wouldn't change it for the yeah. world. And if you have it, embrace it, enjoy it, yeah. and make the best of it as you can because... The world needs us to lighten the mood, create new memories, have fun, huh. and enjoy life. Well, totally. We're going to wrap it up here. Yep. I, uh, oh, first things, is there anything else that you're doing? I know you have done some stand-up comedy. We didn't really talk about that, but you've done a little bit. And, like, I live in Seattle, so we'll, 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 we'll you know, you're always welcome to come to where I produce and we'll figure Absolutely. out what we can do. Uh, and your book's called The Adderall Empire. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else that you want to say or, or just kind of promote or anything else you want to add here? Yeah, get out there. Um, see uh, 
Dino Dino Dad. Dino Dino Dad. Dino Dad. Dino got to me on that one. Dino Dad comedy. Because getting yes. out there and trying new experiences like that, I just w- went up and talked. And comedy is therapy. Yeah. Um, go see Noah and yeah, just come everything. Yeah. Read my book if you want. Read a few pages. Yeah. And where can we can get it on you know? uh, Amazon? You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Powell's Books. Um, pretty much anywhere in the world yeah. it's in multiple countries uh, yeah well, library congress if you want to visit library congress it's actually a pretty cool place well they, they go there i mean i didn't even know that people use barnes and noble anymore but, <laughs> they but don't i guess so. i'm glad that that I there's borders there's, there's, yeah. Yeah, borders who uses them amazon but i don't even know i think, I think amazon just bought it, it, and they just bought everything so uh i was gonna look up the song good riddance and try to play it on the guitar for music but do you know the words to it? I know a couple words. All right. Uh, let's just do it. Just, yeah. just try to sing yeah. it a cappella uh, and uh, see what happens. Have, have the time. Okay. All right. Life. Another turning point. A uh, fork stuck in the, in the road. road. Something grabs me by the thing and tells me where <laughs> to go. go. Life is life is like chocolate, and you just don't know what you're gonna get. Uh, life is unbelievable, and you don't have to fret. And what's the chorus? I don't know. I don't know. All right. I don't know. I don't know. And in the end, we'll find. I hope you had the time of your life. Thank you so much, Andrew Smith, for being here. Thanks that is the podcast, my first live one in a long time. Peace or something. Yeah. Dino Dad. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Smith. Smell you later. Smell you later. Now. <laughs>